Welcome to Vaginas, Vulvas, and Vibrators with Jordan Donnell. This is a safe place to learn about women's health and sexual wellness. I'm your host, Jordan Donnell, physician assistant, women's sexual health educator, and intimacy coach. On today's bonus episode, we are talking about something you might not realize is in your own backyard. It's happening online, it's happening in schools, it's happening everywhere. Human trafficking is a global issue. January is Human Trafficking Awareness Month and I thought this is the perfect time to learn more about human trafficking and sex trafficking. I have guests joining me today to talk about what exactly human trafficking is and sex trafficking, what predators are looking for, how you can be more aware, where it's happening at, and tips to help you and your kids stay safe. This episode is a jaw dropper. If you haven't checked out the vaginas, vulvas, and vibrator swag, go do so now. You can find my favorites like my We Had Sex Here and Here pillows at swag.vaginasvulvasandvibrators.com. Be sure to check it out and help support this podcast. Today we have Christy Rhodes joining me to talk more about human trafficking and specifically sex trafficking. I am really excited to have her join me because I know almost nothing about this topic and she is amazing. She has this passion for human trafficking and sex trafficking that you guys are going to just love. She has volunteered with multiple nonprofit organizations helping in the realm of sex trafficking and human trafficking. I am really excited for her to share more information with all of us. Christy, welcome. You want to go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself? So my name is Christy Rhodes, originally from Chicago, but I moved here to San Diego for school. And I graduated at San Diego State University with a degree in international business. And originally I went into that degree thinking that I was going to open orphanages in third world countries. I had some experience doing a little bit of work when I was a teenager and it like drew me into that. So I went to school thinking that. And then I did an internship in Guatemala in orphanage. And between that and a couple presentations I did in my university, I my eyes were open to human trafficking and that it's a real thing human trafficking and sex trafficking and from there like that just became my fire and my passion to understand that that was a real thing that was happening in the world and from there I've worked with different nonprofits um, internationally and here in the U.S. as well trying to fight human trafficking and sex trafficking in general. What's the difference between human trafficking and sex trafficking? So human trafficking is like the huge umbrella of it all. So human trafficking by definition is the use of force, fraud, or coercion to obtain some sort of like labor or commercial sex act. So human trafficking in general can include sex trafficking. It includes labor trafficking. It includes child warfare. It includes child exploitation or trafficking. So human trafficking is the general umbrella and that all of these, then you have like your finer definitions underneath. Okay. So then sex trafficking is like a specific type of human trafficking. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. Mm-hmm. So do you work in human trafficking, sex trafficking, or both? I, I would say primarily sex trafficking. Primarily sex trafficking and child trafficking and child exploitation. So the uh, nonprofit that I'm volunteering for currently in Long Beach is mainly for 
child trafficking and child exploitation, but obviously all sex trafficking. So 71% of sex trafficking is women and girls. So it does kind of focus on that, but it's men as well and boys as well. A lot of nonprofits can kind of cater to them too. So how does sex trafficking work? Okay, so sex trafficking, the way that it works, it's interesting because it's not really what you would think. Like a lot of the movies or a lot of everything else is a lot of like, oh, kidnapping, like swoop you into a van or whatever, or like, oh, swoop you off the streets. That is not the case. For sex trafficking, typically the majority of sex trafficking is somebody that you know. So somebody that either a family member, a foster parent, somebody that you met online, the majority of victims know the predator beforehand. They use a process called grooming most of the time. And grooming is like a preparatory process that predators use to obtain like your trust and make you feel like you're in a safe place before they, like with the intent to exploit that person. So grooming can look like basically like you're targeting somebody, you find your victim, you target the victim, you approach the victim, and then you create this trust. That can look like a lot of different things. That can look like a girl, because the average age of trafficking in San Diego is 16. And that can look like somebody approaching a girl that they know is vulnerable and giving her all of the things that she feels like she lacks. Giving her love, giving her affection, telling her she's pretty, oh, giving her money, giving her a phone, whatever. And they can groom somebody to make them feel safe until they start isolating them. So they'll take like maybe their money or they'll start paying for everything and tell them that they don't need money or take their ID or whatever and isolate them from their friends and family. You don't need them. This is... It's you and I against the world. Like, you don't need anybody like that. Isolate them from everybody. And until they get to the point that they're like, okay, you create a sexual contact or whatever. And then from there, like, oh, I just want you to have sex with me and my friend. And then, oh, maybe just my friend. And then, oh, okay, can you just do this? Have sex with this person because we really need the money. Just do this for me, babe, or whatever. People don't understand that, that there's a lot of, like, underlying factors that go into sex trafficking there's a lot of manipulation intimidation like it's very hidden in that sense it's just not in your face of like a kidnapping and whatever sex trafficking can also work like more so in other countries but also here but traffickers they're looking they're manipulating your vulnerabilities or exploiting your vulnerabilities For example, if you're in an impoverished country and you have a kid and you cannot provide for this kid and somebody comes and knocks on your door and is like, hey, we have this program, this opportunity in the United States and we can take your kid and give them everything that you can't. Like we, all you have to do is pay this tuition fee and we'll take this kid and we'll give them university education and this future and it's going to be so great. And they're like, oh my God, how could I not? How could I pass this up? This is amazing. And so they do that, never see their child again, and their child gets to the United States with their predator, like having their passport, having their money, having their everything. And it's like, oh, psych. Yeah, this is not a program. Like now you're labor trafficked or you're sex trafficked, and this is what you have to do in order to do that. So grooming is like the main process or like exploiting that vulnerability first. I'm going to find a weakness in you. I'm going to see what you need. I'm going to provide, quote unquote, provide your needs for you until you're stuck in this world. And then once you're in this world, then they use different tactics or different coercions. So also 
the different coercions could be economic, psychological, or chemical. So they'll either use like your economic struggle to keep you there by either taking your money or by saying you owe us this debt or you have to make this much money a night or you know you have to whatever and you're stranded you have no money you have no id like no passport and you've already been isolated from your friends and family no contact so you're stuck after that then it's physical abuse psychological abuse psychological could be emotional or degrading or anything like that to keep people down and they also use chemical coercion as well which is either giving or forcing of drugs to keep somebody in their spot so after that you've been groomed you don't have your identification you don't have your money you are now like told that you're not good enough and you're stuck and you're isolated and possibly now addicted to drugs that you don't understand how do you get out of that that's how you get trafficked wow that's crazy. What comes to mind when you say that is Epstein. Yeah. The whole Epstein situation and all of that. And that's the thing too, like with Epstein, it's like he created he created this world where like you don't know walking into it and then you're presented with this situation that is just so off. But what are you gonna do? You're a young girl in this room with this powerful adult man. And it's, it's almost like, just get it over with and get out of the house. Like, okay, like, I'm not going to fight. Like, I'm just going to give you what you want. I'm going to get out. But that's, that's that. And sometimes they don't get out. And you're, then you're stuck. And that's another thing too with Epstein that was curious because like another way of getting trafficked is there's a, there's a lot of different things that, that they look for, but women recruiting women is a real thing and that's super dangerous because it's almost like traffickers evolve with everybody else like they they know they know what they're looking for they know how to target and they know how to get vulnerable people so it's like oh this scary man who's intimidating like i'm not going to trust him but if you meet a new friend and she's super sweet and she's like oh you don't have any money i have a job for you like mm-hmm. come here this guy's super awesome you'll make so much money that's a real thing and that that is tricky and that sucks and like that yeah that with Epstein that's something that kind of like hit me hard because that's harder you look you look at other women to trust absolutely absolutely I trust my girlfriends and totally find that I am more likely to trust a woman than a man Mm. most days Mm. yeah exactly where is sex trafficking happening at so sex trafficking I have like kind of a couple of answers for this because the broad answer is worldwide. It's happening everywhere. It's a it's a global issue, thousand percent. And trafficking as a global issue, like I said, can look very differently depending on where you are. So I feel like the US is the majority of it is like youth, you know, like runaway youth, vulnerable youth, whatever, you know, 14 to 25 is a good range that trafficking happens where it's easy to groom, to swipe, to like make that happen. In other countries, like poverty is a huge protagonist for human trafficking. Like if you need the money, if you need something, you'll you'll do anything if you're trying to survive or whatever. So that's what I was saying 
oh, you don't have the future for this child. We can provide a future for this child. Like, oh, this is all you need to do. Or also just families kind of like sell their kids if they need to survive or they need money or they need something. So that happens. And another big thing is jobs. Like, America is known for being like, here's the land of opportunity. Come here. So if you're in poverty or you're looking for a job opportunity and somebody comes up and is like, hey, we've got a job for you. Here you go. It can look very different globally depending on your circumstance and depending on where you are. The next thing is the U.S. A common misconception is that trafficking only happens in impoverished countries or where people are struggling, and that is not the case. The U.S. continues to be one of the main producers and consumers of like child abuse content, sexual child abuse content, and child porn. Like that's a that's a fact. That's a real thing. And in the United States, the top states that are on the FBI's like list of top states with human trafficking involvement is California, New York, Texas, Florida, Oklahoma. But California remains one of one of the highest on the list. California repeatedly and consistently has the numbers for the most like human trafficking activity. And in the FBI's top 13, areas for human trafficking california has three of them and it's san francisco los angeles and san diego a lot of it has to do with bordering a lot of it has to do with ports so you know there's there's a lot but as i said before human trafficking is just the umbrella of it at all so it can be the borders but it's also your own backyard that grooming situation like san diego if you if you look at areas that are a little bit more underdeveloped or a little bit more vulnerable or you know not getting so much attention that's like that's where the traffickers go it's easy vulnerability it's in your own backyard and it's in san diego another place for sure to look for is online it's happening online and with on the internet growing everything growing it's it's huge online and again trafficking can be a lot of things online so that can be ads for a job and recruitment for trafficking but that can also be porn there's trafficking there or sexual content that may be trafficking as well and then it's also social media and dating apps that are blowing up and that's a real thing too and it's like yeah a lot of it is authentic but a lot of it is just making it easier for traffickers to find people think about social media like people vent about their financial problems, problems with family, problems with friends. People just vent. Those traffickers see that and they're like, okay, what can I exploit? That's a vulnerability. Slide in your DMs, let you know how they're going to make it all better and begin the grooming process that way. Wow. Mm -hmm. I'm totally speechless. Like that is crazy. We will have to dive into that some more too. So what are traffickers looking for? So really the main thing is vulnerability. That's the main thing that they're looking for. In that sense, like they'll target people with financial situations. The number one thing that they go after too is homeless youth, homeless or struggling youth. The LGBTQ sector is also in huge danger because they're already struggling with fitting in. They're already getting neglect from their family, abused or whatever because of that struggle in general and not being accepted by society. 
So that sector is blowing up huge and human trafficking is actually in more danger than, than the rest of them because they already have those struggles piled on top of it and are kind of like just ready to find a solution. So a lot of homeless youth is, is what they target or poverty or people who have already had some sort of abuse in their past, if it's sexual abuse or if you're into drugs or anything like that, anything that they can use and pull on. So in San Diego in general, with the average age of trafficking being 16, a lot of the trafficking is happening around that youth popularity, so whether it be schools or like where they gather or anything like that. But don't get me wrong, like like I said, it can be anybody if you're just a vulnerable young woman that they have something that they can prey on, they will. They'll find that vulnerability. That is how they work. They find a vulnerability and they exploit it and they will use it, whatever that is. And with the grooming process, that's why it makes it so crazy is because they will make you feel like they're saving you and you feel like you're safe. And you, you dug into this, they get their psychological claws like hooked in you. And then you're, when you really actually find out what's happening, you're so far into it that it's really difficult to get out. Yeah. I'm just over here like thinking to myself when it comes to online dating, because I'm single, I'm like, mm-hmm. how do you know? Mm-hmm. So like, what are some things to look for yeah. with online dating in particular? But in general, what, what do you look for? That's the thing is that like we're not going to slow down and stop living our lives and we're not going to not internet date and we're not going to not, if somebody, you know, you meet somebody on Facebook or Instagram that you're attracted to, interested in, you're not going to be like, oh, you're probably a trafficker. I'm never going to meet you in person, you know, so we have to live our lives and we have to move forward, but there's a lot you can do. The number one thing, which is why I said I was stoked about doing this podcast is because the number one thing is awareness. Like. Know, know that it's a real thing. Know that it's serious. Know that it is happening around you is the number one thing that you can do. Because once you're aware, have your wits about you and just walk your life that way. A lot of things that you can do basically is like, especially for online, look for abnormal behavior. See if things are weird or, you know, you're talking to a dude or you're a dude talking to a girl and they're like, right away just super into everything or like love bombing you or like oh you know I I can save you I can get you out of this or whatever okay red flag put flags up just know like okay what you know how do I want to direct this situation if you find that this could turn into something harmful or dangerous kind of have like have a plan for yourself and that's another thing just in general have a plan especially if you're going to meet somebody online for online dating or meet somebody that you met online tell a friend Tell a family member, hey, this is where I'm going to be. This is our plan for the night. I've done this. Like, I've done this with my family before, a thousand percent. This is where I'm going to be. This is my plan. This is when I should be home. Whatever. Because we hope nine times out of ten, they would be like, you're going to be great. You're going to go on a date. Might suck. And then you go home. That's the worst that could happen. But it's not. Like, it's not the worst that could happen. Just have a plan. Tell somebody where you're going to be. There's also a lot of apps. There's a lot of apps for safety, for different alarms and things for security. So there's like apps that it's basically like having your circle of people. I think it's called circle of six is one of the apps and it's like your emergency contacts, but it's like less work to, to get to them, I guess. So it's like faster to do that or like different 
different apps that will, you can set up a phone call to yourself and it'll go off at a certain time and things like that, kind of like to get you out of situations. And there are other apps that have alarms on them that you can have alarms. So you can have apps on your phone. Also, you can carry security weapons and there is a lot of security weapons that women can use, little things that you can hide around. There's like little pen knives or there's a lipstick stun gun. It's not like it was supposed to look like lipstick or little things on your keychain, a little kitty keychain that's a little bit sharper that you can use. And then you can also get into like some serious self-defense if you want to use like pepper spray. There's also a ring that I saw when I was like looking a couple of these up and it's called like the Defender Ring. And it looks like a little pearl, but when you untwist it, it has this teeny tiny like knife in it that you can use for self-defense and then it grabs the DNA of your attacker as well. Wow, that's interesting. It's super cool. So you can have these little things. I would just advise anyone that if you go with pepper spray or like a pocket knife or like a switchblade, if that's the direction that you're going, know what you're doing. Because in both of those situations, that weapon can turn on you really fast. You, you'll feel protected and you'll, you'll feel confident when you're walking with it. But if reality ever did unfortunately turn out that way, there's certain weapons that can very easily be turned against you and, and can be a little bit more dangerous. So keep that in mind for sure. But yeah, look for red flags, have a plan and just know that, know that it's a real thing. I mean, definitely continue to carry on with your life internet date for sure. Meet new people. I'm, the, I love that. <laughs> it's like what we're here to do, but have your wits about you for sure. That's crazy. I probably need to be way more careful than I am because I, I do a lot of like Instagram. I slide in the DMs a lot yeah. and I meet up with people and I don't even think twice about it. Well, and that's the hard, I think that's the hard part about our reality is because there are so many positives to, to social media. There's so many positives to this and um, that's what it's all about. You know, it's like created this beautiful network where you can meet people and you can network for your business and you can network with your friends and you can do all of this. And that's what it should be. And it should stay like that. But unfortunately there are like dirty people in the world and they see that and they're like opportunity. Can you imagine like that's a trafficker's dream? Like women looking for men. Perfect. Here I am. It's just so easy. We're making it so easy with this accessibility but we don't have to just keep your brain on <laughs> know that it's real definitely do it and yeah that's that's the thing like don't let it stop you but just communicate with your your social group you know your friends hey this is what's up this is where i'm gonna be yeah just little little hurdles well and social media has for my business and for this podcast in particular got me in touch with so many different people that that's been amazing absolutely amazing on that aspect. I have my location services turned on and a handful of friends have my location at all times. Yeah. Especially because as a traveler, like I'm in San Diego pretty much alone, you know, or I travel wherever pretty much alone and people need to be able to find me and make sure like if I don't post on social media in 24 hours, I get a handful of, are you alive? What are you doing? Where are you? all the time. I love that. That's what's up. That's, that's perfect. It's so important. And I also travel a lot and I travel to other countries by myself very frequently. I love doing it. And it's my favorite way to travel. And 100% like, is it dangerous for sure? 
I always try to have my wits about me. I always try to research where I'm going and understand like, okay, what are my risks? Like what's dangerous? What can I get myself into? And then do everything in my power to protect myself. Knowing that I am a young, small woman in another country, I know, I know it's going to be dangerous, but am I going to let it stop me? Like, no, I'm not telling anybody to like slow down or stop living your life, but just know, just know that it's around. And when people approach you with certain things to say, filter them, think about it, assess the situation and go from there. I like to travel alone too. I went to Thailand by myself and I did, too. did you? <laughs> yeah. I actually left early because I had a bad vibe and I like listened to my instinct and people were just telling me weird things and consistently hearing the wrong story from multiple people. Ooh. So Ooh. As fast as I could. Next flight. That's interesting. And that also brings up a really solid point is I always say this when I travel, like it doesn't matter where you go, there is good and there is bad. I'm born and raised in Chicago, okay? Love that city. Gorgeous city. Dangerous? 100% for sure. Don't take a wrong turn. You're in trouble. <laughs> like, just, it, it happens, okay? Mexico City. Gorgeous. Dangerous. Thailand. Gorgeous. Dangerous. It doesn't matter where you are. San Diego. Gorgeous. Dangerous. There are stabbings and rapings that are happening here in Ocean Beach. Like, it doesn't matter where you are, the danger is always present. The beauty is there and the danger is there. And so it's like Thailand can be a beautiful place, but you have to listen to those instincts. What is the situation bringing me toward? Okay, I don't like this. <laughs> if you're uncomfortable, you trust that feeling, trust your judgment. Yes. And get out. And as a woman, our intuition is really good most of the time. Mm-hmm. All of the time, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. Always trust your intuition. Always. That's, yeah, that's another, like, solid number one tip. Trust your judgment. What is sex trafficking a lot of times covered up as? And one thing that comes to my mind is stripping. Yeah. And I I figured you were either going to say that or the massage parlors because it's another yes. one. Yes. So, so with stripping especially, and again, I, like, I just want to preface this by saying sex trafficking and sex work are two different things. Sex work is a willingness to participate in commercial sex or commercial sex acts or whatever the case may be because that's how you enjoy making money. More power to you. That's incredible and you should be safe and protected and do your thing. Sex trafficking is force, fraud, coercion to do these commercial sex acts. That is an issue and strip clubs can be some women digging it loving it some women exploited to do it and it can be covered up as a consensual situation it can look like oh this is super chill and i'm supporting some sort of business and underneath it all some people are exploited or have no choice but to be there or are stuck for whatever reason so that's an issue and it makes it more difficult to find absolutely and then it can also look like consensual porn so porn hub porn sites whatever yes there's a lot of consensual acts on there but there's also a lot of not there's a lot of people being exploited there's a lot of exploitation going on there there's a lot of exploiting vulnerabilities or a blackmail or you know like just using content against people so there's a lot of that going on 
as well. Again, making it very difficult to find because it's that's the world that we live in. And you might go on a Pornhub and think everything is super cool. And it's not. Some of it is and some of it's not. So that makes it super difficult. Another way, as I was saying before, that it's covered up as is friends and family. Super dark and unfortunate, but that is a truth of it as well. It can look like a loved one. It can look like your uncle. It can look like something like that. And that's also just extremely hidden. And that's the thing too. They say a lot of the figures and a lot of the stats that we get are 100% estimated based off of what we get, what people get called in or, you know, just what comes to the surface. But it's really easy to hide and that's the thing. And that's also why awareness is so important because people, it's, it's difficult to get people to see that this is happening around because it's easily hidden. Friends or family or an older boyfriend or a controlling boyfriend or whatever. And it's really underneath the surface. Wow. Um, yeah. And then also there's like brothels too that are just look like houses on the outside and then a brothel inside that's strictly for this. So how do you find that without just really deep research and people trying to take them down? You mentioned massage parlors. What's really funny about that is literally my girlfriend and I were talking the other day. She had gone to a massage parlor and she's like, it's $40 for all for a whole hour she's like it's such a good deal she's like somebody must be paying really good prices in order for me to have this really low price and they're getting a happy ending is that like how that works in the slash parlors yeah and this is again this is a tricky part because there are so many like diverse massage parlors that are authentic and wonderful like i never want to take away the reality of proper businesses or proper strip clubs like proper whatever that exists as well not every not every massage parlor that you see that might be from a different country is gonna be like oh for sure happy endings like no that's not how it works but that is a really good cover-up and that does exist that does exist and these women do have quotas to fulfill or they got it can be, like I said, domestic or global, but they could have gotten trafficked to a point where they're like an, like an indentured servant almost. So you have to pay for your living costs and you have to pay for this and you owe me this much money. So you can pay me back it by, you know, it'll be $100 for each man that you lay. $100 to pay me back every single time and then you can work off your $30,000 debt this way. But they never see the numbers. The number never really goes down. And that's where they're at. It does exist. As far as staying safe, are there any other tips you want to add? I think really it is just everything that we've said. Like, definitely being aware. Definitely carry some sort of weapon. I always do. And if, it, if it's a ring or a lipstick stun gun, we have 8,000 things on our purse already. What's one more? Just have it. I did Jeet Kune Do for a little while here in San Diego. Awesome academy. And my sensei guy was super rad and he would teach us things to do to compete and then things to do if you were on the street because it's very different. You're not trying to stay in a fight. You're trying to get out. He knew that I was going to travel as a lone woman. And one of the things that he told me is he was like, and this will always stick with me too because I love, I love it. Me knowing that I could fight. That I, how to throw a punch or how to defend myself or knowing Jeet Kune Do or whatever. Me just with the knowledge of that, 
I walk differently down the street. I'm going to walk differently down an alleyway because of this knowledge. And I'm less likely to get attacked in the first place because I got my head up. I'm confident and I'm walking. They're not looking for that. They're looking for vulnerability. They're looking for that girl looking at her feet, looking at her shoes, clutching her things close. Like they're looking for that. Having some sort of weapon, feeling comfortable, confident, like, like you can defend yourself. I mean, I'm not saying that it'll work every time, but you're going to walk differently down the street knowing that you have something up your sleeve. Like I said, make sure you know how to use said weapon. If you're going to go strong, <laughs> then just know <laughs> what you're getting yourself into so that it can't be used against you. But yeah, so I, I think that's huge. And even having a plan or knowing that you're that your family or your friends know you're going to act differently because you know that you've taken care of yourself. Make sure that you keep your stuff on you when, when you can. So your phone that has apps or has emergency contacts or all your important people, keep your phone on you. Don't give it up. Don't give it to somebody else. Also your documentation and your money. There's no reason anybody needs to have a hold of your ID, your documentation, your money. So if you're in another country or you're here or whatever, keep that stuff on you. There's no reason anybody else should have it but you. That's good. That's really good. So what are some really good resources for survivors or victims or people who want to help survivors, victims, things like that? Okay, so there's a lot of different resources for, first of all, for victims of trafficking or if you want to help a victim or if you want to reach out or if you see something suspicious. We have those resources. Also, another way of staying safe is to keep these programmed in your phone. Or if you just want to help, have these numbers programmed in your phone. And then you can very easily reach out and share like suspicious activity or share your information or whatever the case is. But the National Human Trafficking Hotline, that's 1-888-373-7888. There's also the HSI tip line, and that's Homeland Security Investigations tip line. And that's 1-866-347-2423. And then there's NCMEC, which is the National Center for Missing or Exploited Children. And that one is 1-800-843-5678. For survivors, there are, especially, it's unfortunate that this is a reality that's blowing up, but it's fortunate that the awareness is blowing up because there's a lot of nonprofits that uh, are catering to to victims and to survivors, and they're all around San Diego County and LA County. So one of the ones that I actually volunteered for for years or volunteered with for years uh, was Generate Hope. That's here in San Diego, and it's basically like a safe house for victims of sex trafficking so that they can get away, they can live there and they can be safe. And then they also offer a ton of recovery services. So they'll do, you know, psychological recovery, education, all these types of things to kind of get them back on their feet and give them back hope. So that's a terrific nonprofit that's here. I love them so much and they do so much for their women. And there's a ton of other ones. A quick Google search can pull all of these up for you, but they're all around San Diego and LA as well. There's a lot that the community is doing, whether that be a safe houses and a place to live and escape or recovery or programs to prevent and all of these things to look into. There's also legal services for trafficking survivors or victims as well. If you have kids too, it's super important to spread this awareness. Again, I'll bring it back to the average age of 16 in San Diego being trafficked. Like 
communicate with your kids. It's a dark topic. It's hard. I get it. But that's where it can start. There are so many stories of women or girls who have either stopped or helped trap a predator or whatever because they were aware of what was going on and see the signs. Teaching your kids what's going on, getting them maybe even involved in school. A lot of schools have prevention and education programs already because this is blowing up. So get them involved in school. And there's also a thing online called NetSmarts and it helps, um, it has different resources to educate kids of different ages with like different facts and activities and stuff. So if you're not like it's not super in your repertoire to try to teach your kid, then you can do that as well. Super, super awesome resource. And just start from there because then when they see the signs, they're a little bit more protected. Just like give them that protection and like those weapons initially. And then also knowing the signs of trafficking is another, it's not a way, it's not a tip to like knowing the signs of the predator is a tip to help you, but knowing the signs of someone who is being trafficked is a tip to help others. So being aware of like different things that are telling you that somebody is being trafficked. And that's huge. And if you want to learn a little bit more about that too, Operation Underground Railroad has a really cool awareness training program. And it'll just show you like just different signs and different things to look for to see if you're recognizing trafficking in which you can use our resources that I've provided and say that there is some sort of suspicious activity. So they'll mention things too of like, just like the, the main thing is trusting your gut. If something seems weird or off, then the worst that could happen is you call it in and it's not weird. Okay, that's the worst that can happen. So you can definitely risk it and take that route. But it'll be different, different things. And especially if you're like a parent with a child, noticing differences in their behavior. If they're missing school or tired or have like new tattoos that don't make sense or change you know wearing like a little bit more sexual clothing spending a lot of time online yes 100% this sounds like every adolescent child and it sounds like every teenager I get it again that's why it's difficult to find but just pay attention be present for your child equip them with as much as you can to protect themselves and yeah just pay attention and see if those differences are something that you need to be worried about or if it's just the signs of a teenager figuring their way that's, that's some good stuff. Yay. I love it. I love it. So many good resources. So where can the listeners find you at? Yeah, so I'm on Facebook under Christy Rhodes. Spelled really wild. It's K-R-I-H-S-T-E. Uh, if you have any more questions or if you want to, you know, contact me for anything. And I'm also currently volunteering with Operation Underground Railroad out of Long Beach. Right now training to be part of their Public Speakers Bureau that also is another really great organization to support if you're looking for one. It's, it is a made up of former CIA, FBI, and law enforcement. And basically they team up with governments in other countries to take down predators, rescue victims of human trafficking and sex trafficking, and put them in aftercare programs. They're super rad, super powerful. So I'm volunteering for them up there in Long Beach, and that's how I'm spending my time. Love it. Well, thank you so much for coming out here and teaching me and the listeners more about this. I think everybody's going to get some really good tips and just be more aware going forward. So thank you. 
Yeah, it was absolutely my pleasure. I think awareness is really, really the number one thing. So I'm really stoked to do this and I hope everybody got something out of it and hopefully we're just changing the world a little bit at a time. Yeah, cool. Thank you. Of course. Thank you. This podcast is sponsored by Pure Romance by Jordan Jones, offering top bath and beauty products and relationship enhancement items. Check out the link in the bio to start shopping. By shopping, you are supporting this podcast. Thank you for joining today and continuing to bring awareness to women's health. If you love the show, please subscribe so you never miss another episode and leave a review for others to see. If you want to see me on the daily, you can check out my bio for links to all my pages. Be sure to share this episode with your girlfriends. Thanks again and see you next episode.